Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas for $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Hey, does anyone want to learn French with me? Because I've decided in 2024 that I want to learn French. And thankfully, I have Rosetta Stone. So you better hop on and so we can learn French together. Rosetta Stone has the amazing true accent feature, which is so helpful, especially in French. You get feedback on how well you're actually pronouncing words. Plus, they have 25 languages to choose from. So if you're not going to learn French with me, I'm sure you can find some other people who will learn a language with you. But I'm on the French team this year. Come on, folks, join me. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, and that's why we drink listeners, can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash drink. That's rosettastone.com slash drink. Hey, boozers and shakers, we are coming at you live. We're so excited for a fall tour. It'll be the final installment of our current Here for the Booze tour. The final, I think, 10 shows, something like that. But something it's the, like the that. final countdown. Uh, and we're very excited. But if you want a chance at ever seeing Here for the Booze one last time, this is it, folks, before we do our next big, big, big tour. So uh, hopefully you can make it to the next few cities. If you want to, you can check out uh, our tickets at and that's why we drink.com slash live. We can't wait to see you there. Some shows are already sold out. So get on it quick. Bye. <laughs> Okay, I felt like I needed to start recording before we continued our conversation end. Because yeah. Because for some reason, the words that I said got mis- got jumbled in M's head. And M I, thought that the I, baby I, was just sitting in the bathtub alone. <laughs> which, like, I was like, well, I, I, I wasn't you against it. You fully on board. I was not, worth. not for a second did I think that was, like, bad parenting. I was like, we all need a break. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I said, oh, if you hear the baby's yelling it's because blaze put her in the playpen because he had to use the bathroom and she doesn't like being left in the playpen by herself because she needs constant you know attention and validation um, yeah don't know where she gets that from couldn't be me uh <laughs> it's from she got it from geo probably oh my god i mean actually i thought you were gonna make a joke but that's actually probably true mm-hmm. um and so i said oh yeah so she's in the playpen and blaze is in the bathroom and you were like oh so she's just sitting in the bathtub by herself and i went what is she? Did I say that? Anyway, no. So I, I, think I promise I, that's not what happened. I think I, since I'm just getting diagnosed everywhere these days, I feel like I also need a brain doctor to check on me because I Uh-oh. have, I have noticed. Um, and my mom always had it nice to make fun of her, and now as I'm getting, as I'm becoming more and more like her as time goes on, I've noticed I'm now doing the same thing as her, where words just completely get jumbled in my head, and yeah, I make told my me that. I like make my own sentences and then I repeat them back to people and they're like, wait, what? How did you get there? And I'm like, isn't that what you just fucking said? It's so you it's you've said that before. There was something we were talking about where it was like the gas station and you were like, yeah, I'm dropping my mail off at the gas station or something. Yeah. Like it sounds like I'm <laughs> fucking losing it. But my mom used to do it, too. She always would make the what you're referring to is she would always mix up grocery store and gas station. That's what it was. That's because what it was. they both in her mind are categorized as errands that start with guh. Sure. And she just says whatever word vomits sure. out first. But I feel like in. 
I feel like I say things like that, but I more often am listening to somebody and the sentence like gets like moved around. It's almost like it feels like like a dyslexia, the way that people have described yeah, like yeah, numbers yeah. look all mixed up. It's like that, but words. And I just hear completely different stories. And, the, and like, it's auditory instead of visual. That's uh-huh. interesting. Yeah. Because I feel like there have been a few times where you're like, wait, how did you get that? And I'm like, I swear to God, that's what you just said. <laughs> I, I swear to God, you just said that you put your baby in the bathtub and she just sat there alone. And I, by the way, was fine with it. But like, that's what I thought you said. You seemed perfectly chill. Um, so anyway, I just wanted to clarify that part, that point. Um, but anyway, how are you? Why do you drink this weekend? Uh, oh, I have this shirt that I've worn in front of you probably a million and a half times. Uh, it's from Look Human, and it's the the little cartoon house, and it says, in this house, we respect yes. pronouns. That was my second time getting that shirt. The first time, some I forget what happened, but something happened, and it got ruined. I think there were, like, holes in it over time, so I had to get a second one. I have to now get a third one <gasps> because... The I had the same candle wax malfunction. No, I was going to say, at least it wasn't the wax situation all over again. And it's not a, I can just like simply iron out the wax suggestion that I got the last time. It's not that kind of situation. It's caked in wax. And what it's, happened? I literally, <laughs> I picked up a candle and I was like, man, this smells really good. You are such and a I, dope. I picked it up just like, I picked it up too quickly and literally splashed my own face. It all hit me in the face. (gasps) And I looked in the mirror afterwards. I literally just had like a face of wax and it was all dripping down my shirt. What Um, on earth? Was it worth the smell experience? No, no, (laughs) but I, the, the wax, the candle had been burning for literally hours. So it was just a, a thick pool of liquid Dear wax Lord, and it just all hit me straight that's in my an face extremely christine behavior of you i i was just so shocked i was like i can't believe i just threw fire at my own face you just hurled it into your own face yeah and then i looked down at my shirt and i was like there's no cleaning this like unless <gasps> i was like betty crocker or something and from the 50s and only know how to mend all clothing but yeah you know betty crocker you know her with her cakes and clothes but other than that i <laughs> I was just, I'd rather just throw the shirt away and start over. So that's where we are. Anyway, Excellent. why do you drink? Oh, gosh. Um, Your baby's in a bathtub by yourself. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Who knows what's going on there? Blaze is in a playpen. Baby's in a bathtub. <laughs> We're all confused over here. I swear to God that's what you said, Christine. I think <laughs> I mean, you're gaslighting maybe it me. Is. I might be. Maybe it is. Maybe I'm gaslighting myself. I don't know. Sure. Um, But I got to say, Em, I'm a little freaked out because... Why? My Remicade is two weeks late now, and they're oh, still yeah. not getting it taken care of. And I've been calling <sighs> every single day, and you know I hate calling anybody. Yeah, and it's got to be And the number bad. of times I've made phone calls in the last six days should sh- show them how urgent this is. Um, and since I'm traveling to visit you this week to oh, work on some shit. stuff together, I'm like, I, they got to get me in by Thursday. So I am, um, anyway, Panicking. I'm just kind of panicking i'm sitting here with my phone on in case they call me yeah um are you you know are you feeling rumblings yet yes yes and that's the best way to put it is like rumblings where i'm like oh i don't feel right and i'm like like, that's not a good sign winds Um, in the east (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly so i don't know i'm fine right now um i haven't had a drink since last monday 
um, because I'm just, I don't want to aggravate it, you know? I was going to say, do you know what your triggers are at least? I think probably alcohol and pork, but I don't eat meat anymore. So that's out the window. Um, But basically it's just when I don't get the infusion. So I'm like, hello, people. Bing what, bong. what do if you don't want to talk about it, you don't have to but um for people who don't know the experience what do these rumblings feel like like is it pain or is it just anxiety of what's to come or like what's... yeah it's just like stomach pain. not stomach pain but it's like lower like it's almost like cramps but like tummy cramps mm-hmm. i guess and I, i'm sort of like um i know what it means so it's not a good sign I found a sweatshirt. I still want to get it for you. I just can't find it online again. There's a lot of versions of it on like Redbubble and all that, but there was one in particular I wanted to get you with like the right font and design. And it says, uh, I'm sure you've seen it a million times, but it was the first time I saw it. And it said, uh, I'm having a tummy ache and I'm being really brave about it. (gasps) I've never seen that. (laughs) Oh, really? I assumed it was like your, your Crohn's algorithm would be like, I would have thought, but no, I guess not. There's a lot of versions on it, but there was one that like had like a really like Christine aesthetic to it that I wanted to get you. (laughs) But I also really, I also really want to get it for myself for general tummy aches. But then I felt like, oh, I, that's like appropriating your Crohn's experience. So I I was like, allowed. I think it's okay. You know? I feel like um, I might get myself one for when I'm actually having a true tummy ache and it'll be like a, a limited edition wear. Like I'm only allowed go- you to put it, it on you in certain moments. You should get one that says I have a tummy ache and I'm not being brave about it. <laughs> I certainly, that's totally true. Maybe I'll get like an ally shirt that says like my friend's having a tummy ache, but she's being really brave about it. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of where I stand now. So I'm just kind of like living large hoping hoping it gets figured out um but after we record this i have to call them again i'm sorry please squeeze me in tomorrow well Um, i'm i'm trying to call uh to get like a psychiatrist asap because with all the health stuff going on my anxiety as you know has been more through Mm. the roof than ever and so i'm getting particularly nervous about our shows because if my anxiety was bad then and this this is like a version i've never experienced i really don't know how to feel about anything so i'm trying to uh i'm already taking like i have a xanax prescription but it's not doing anything which is weird i i always thought like xanax was like everyone could be affected by xanax in your system to be fair you have an extremely low dose you have like the that's true the baby dose but I want to I want to talk to someone about adding to my propranolol cocktail. So yeah, um, that's where we stand currently. So wow, listen, we're full of health problems. And ever since my neighbor was like, I listened to your podcast, and it really was all about cardiac issues instead of ghosts. I was like, well, that's what happens here now. I guess this is our new normal. <laughs> we're really we should just do a, like a, a spinoff podcast of just about people's medical conditions. We're so sickly. We just. <laughs> At least, yeah, we could probably just cover most things on our own. But I feel like everyone's cheering right now. Like, yes, please move this to another podcast. Oh, hang on. My alarm just went off. This is this This was my good morning. Em. Okay. Okay. Stop. 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 What's happening? I I'm one of those people that has an alarm for every minute. And so I'm desperately trying to turn them off. Uh, Well, because I had a feeling I might fall asleep before we recorded so are you gonna say oh i need 15 more minutes to look at one more source and then sleep for another 15 minutes i would have asked for 15 more minutes but it would have 
it would have been a direct I'm still sleeping, I think. Oh, okay. I think I wow. would have been honest about it. Who's to say? Mm. Hmm. Hmm. Who's to say? This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Everyone knows the holidays can take a toll on your bank account. If you're looking for creative ways to increase revenue, then get started with Squarespace's new feature, Squarespace Courses. Squarespace has the tools you need to create and sell your own online course. Start with a professional layout that fits your brand, upload video lessons to teach techniques and skills, and tailor your course with the powerful built-in Fluid Engine Editor. With Squarespace Courses, you can create engaging content your audience will love, then simply add a paywall and set the price. Plus, you can charge a one-time fee or sell subscriptions. Turn your creativity into income with Squarespace Courses. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to www.squarespace.com slash drink to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? You can grow lemon, avocado, olive, or fig trees inside your home on top of the wide variety of houseplants available. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. I am so thrilled that we are working with Fast Growing Trees. I spent about an hour and a half on the website trying to decide what I would love to order from their products. They have so many options and you can actually filter it by zones, by growing zones to make sure you know it'll work in your garden. Um, they have everything from massive privacy shrubs and trees to very, very specific flowers. I actually ended up ordering a lilac shrub for my garden. I recently discovered how much I love the smell of lilac and so I thought, you know what? Perfect chance. Why don't I get some lilac growing in my yard? I think it's going to smell beautiful. And I also got my mom a little lavender plant as an Easter present. Right now, they have some of the best deals online, like up to half off on select plants. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code DRINK at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code DRINK at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com code DRINK. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. All my alarms are off. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to tell you a story, Christine. I can't wait. And I am sorry about your tummy. That doesn't sound good. Oh, thank you. That's nice. I'll call them later and hopefully they get me in and then we'll forget about it for another eight weeks. Whee! (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so this is uh, a lore, a a tall tale is what Mm. it is. Um, And this is the story of U.S. Highway 66. <gasps> route 66 it's a chunk of route 66 yeah Ooh. um sure shall we just crack into it i guess yeah i'm gonna get this nice little chocolate look at this what is that it's chocolate oh yeah, that's it's a fun cho- it's a chocolate little tiger um also there's a piece of sorry my nail polish is so gnarly right now um yeah my i went to a friend's baby shower yesterday and they gave out these little treats who's your friend um, her name's Chelsea. Are you, is this a new friend? Yeah. So, well, it's Renee's friends that I stole when oh, okay. Renee moved. <laughs> Renee went to law school with uh, Erica and Chelsea and they live in Cincinnati and then Renee moved to Phoenix and I was like, well, I guess I'm taking these friends now. Yeah. I, I'll um, take them over. And I hope I'm allowed to say it, but they're both pregnant. And so I'm like, bring, bring on some friends for Leona, you know? So. Does it feel nice to have like a little, uh, 
a, a one up on them of like, oh, let me let me teach you the ways of motherhood now that I've I've got a couple months experience. It does because I'm like, well, one of them's pregnant with twins, so with that one, <laughs> why? <laughs> I'm sort of like, I don't have a leg up on you at all. Like, yeah, don't know what to tell you. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, but it is nice to be like, finally, me. I can be uh, useful. You know. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah, I feel like. One day when I have children, I will come screaming to you. But until then, that it's not a helpful source to me yet. But one day... <laughs> You're one... like, I put the baby in the bathtub. Now what do I do? <laughs> but you said it was okay. I put Allison <laughs> in the playpen. We're good, right? <laughs> um, okay. So here is my story of Highway 66. So it starts in 1926. And this part of the highway was built. It's 193 miles long and just this chunk that i'm talking about i oh, think okay uh it's 193 miles long from utah to new mexico uh and also as you're driving that path you go through arizona and colorado and some of like the navajo mountains so mm. um it was the sixth division of historic route 66 so when you put it together, it becomes 666. Yes, it does. So 6th Division of Highway 66. I see. Mm -hmm. uh, if you have somehow not been rattled by Christianity at some point in your life, you may not know that 666... <laughs> rattled. <laughs> you may not know that 666 represents the devil. That's a cute and way to put it. I've just been a little rattled. We all have, whether or not you were shoved into it from childhood or you just like have been like on affected. the periphery yeah yeah we've all been rattled a little bit a little spooked. a little bit good bad yeah, in yeah, yeah um so yeah 666 represents the devil apparently it's in the book of revelations couldn't tell you what that means i haven't gotten that far in my bible you reading read the book of revelation that's the only fun one. Oh well all right. See you there. It's then. the one where like the world is ending and everything's like on fire and there's great beasts. Well, yeah. Well, hey, that's that's the mention. There's a, a that's where six 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 comes from too. Mm -hmm. So you're you're onto something there. Uh, so Book of Revelations thirteen eighteen the uh, passages. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast for the number is that of a man and his number is six hundred and sixty six. And then there's like really no explanation as to why. So, <laughs> which like I feel like is probably a lot of the Bible. But um, <laughs> <laughs> all we know is a, this arbitrary number 666 is associated with the devil. But they say it's because 999 represents God and it's upside down. And therefore, oh, well, I think I know why. I think it's because three mean three is the number of the Trinity. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe not. I didn't know about nine. When is nine a number of God? That's what I, that's what I've been told. Uh, again, I couldn't give you a full uh, sourcing on the Bible. I've but never I've, heard that. But maybe really, yeah. I always I. That's what I always. Let me see. Let's see if we can do a maybe. Quick I mean, of it I now. feel like seven is always a biblical number, and three. But maybe I think nine is too. Nine nine nine. Uh, the meaning of the number nine 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 centers around God's Holy Spirit, oh. uh, according to BibleStudy.org. Oh, okay. So that makes sense why it would be 666. I'm sorry. I am actually Christian today, and I knew something you didn't, which is interesting. You sure did. I mean, I'm impressed. 
Thanks. I hope it okay, feels good. Now I'm, I'm not, I thought that felt fun for five seconds and I don't want to be a Christian anymore. Okay. To be fair, you're the one who allegedly read the Bible already twice or whatever you said. I read it once forever ago, but I realized a big chunk through that I wasn't actually retaining anything. So I'm trying oh. again and it's going just about the same. Okay. Um, okay. But anyway, blah, blah, blah. Six, six, six means the devil. We don't know how or why your guess is as good as mine. So just because of that, Highway 66, which has also been called Highway 666, uh, has earned a reputation throughout the years as cursed. Mm. And the road itself, like the conditions don't really help that reputation. It's like a pretty treacherous path. Um, A lot of the edges are near a lot of steep cliffs. um, And there have been people who have died from that. Um, there are long, 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 lonely stretches where like the only thing you can see is just whatever is ahead of you in your lights. If it's like pitch blackout, it's just like, it just feels eerie. Um, apparently the altitude on this road alone ranges from almost 3000 feet in altitude to over 11,000 feet. So like, so you just might be oxygen deprived and you just think yeah. that there's ghosts. You might just be getting like spooked from like plain old hallucinations. Oh no. <laughs> uh, also in like one particular 60 mile stretch, there's over 400 curves. Oh, I get throwing up back there. I'd be uh, puking. Altitude sickness, car sickness. Nausea. Imagine it's pitch black outside you're like basically in the desert you You probably don't even have service to download our podcast out there (laughs) honestly tragic tragic indeed (laughs) (laughs) and uh so yeah it's like it's already a pretty spooky road especially considering a lot of people are driving it by themselves and so Mm. it's just got that air to it um and a lot of the lore comes from truckers who are driving on this patch of uh route 66 and they claim that there are many uh, entities on this highway. Mm. So, for example, I love trucker stories. Oh, I can make. I'll do a whole theme of that eventually. That would be then. great. We could even maybe do a listener episode of people who write in. I don't know how many people we listen to who are or who listen to us are truckers, but um, I know a lot of truckers are podcast listeners. So maybe we have a couple out there. Oh, yeah. not all. No, I never mind. That was going to be, I felt like it was going to be really good. Profound, yeah. Profound. I don't think we're ready for it yet. My brain stopped. My brain started thinking, this is going to be great. And then a split second later, my brain went, don't say it out loud. I feel honored that I got to watch the progression happen on your face of just wait for this. Actually, never mind. Let's move on. Christine, something's wrong. I need to be, I need to go to a doctor, I think. Something's happening in my brain. I could have told you that, yeah. So, uh, okay, so trucker lore, let's get into it. So mm. one story is that very late at night, there was one guy driving on the road, uh, and he saw this glowing orange light coming towards him. Uh-oh. Very quickly, he realized that this glowing orange light was an 18-wheeler on fire barreling toward him. <gasps> he pulls off the road very last minute and hears maniacal laughter coming from the truck. And when what? he looks back, when he hears the laughing, it's completely gone. Just Holy tri- crap. Has totally vanished on this very long strip of road that he should have been able to see something. Oh, no. Uh, so that's one story. Also, fun fact, there is an episode of Supernatural called Route 666, where there's a phantom eight we- 18-wheeler on fire running people off the road. No so, way. 
I I don't think it's I think it's set in Missouri or something, but it's like I mean the same concept. Same idea. Similarly themed lore on Highway 666 uh, is of an old vintage looking black car that has been said to be the reason for several unexplained fatal crashes along this road. Oh, no. So there's a lot of unexplained car wrecks. And I guess the theory every time is, oh, it was probably that black sedan. (sighs) Um, Because out of nowhere, you can like look in your rearview mirror nothing no one near you no cars you're by yourself on this road you look back a second later and this black sedan is on your ass oh shit and there it's like flashing its lights at you it's trying to run you off the road and even if you try to outrun it and like speed along it will always keep up with you and basically until it rams into you (gasps) eventually where it will smack into the back of you maybe it'll try to cut you off and sideswipe you but it won't leave until it finally gets you and then as soon as it gets you and you look around for it it's vanished what the hell and that fucking yeah, horrific what do you think the point of that is is that like i don't know i'm just but like, i that... have goose cam just thinking yeah, about it's creepy it. i don't ooh, i don't know I don't why know. like what that would mean or like who that is it feels evil um, yes, certainly. Because I'd like to think like, oh, that's just a prankster. But like, that's a really <laughs> fucking mean yeah. prank. Yeah, a really murderous prankster. Yeah. So eventually it just disappears once it's done its job, I guess. Maybe Yikes. it's maybe it's like reliving like how it how the person in that car yeah, died. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's Christine. <laughs> maybe it is. I don't know. It's I, I can't say that's wrong. I don't know. Um there's another you know ghost. what I'm referencing, right? No, I just thought it was you. No, the car. Oh, the, the, was it James <laughs> Dean's car or something? No, no, no. It's a Stephen King novel and movie called Christine, which is about a killer car. Yes. Okay. I only know about that because I feel like you're the only one who ever mentions that car to me. Really? Uh, yeah. The only one. But you have said it before and I was confused then too. <laughs> you were like, who's to say? Maybe it is Christine. I was like... I, I thought it, I thought you were talking about. I thought you were talking about yourself in the third person. You're no, like maybe it's Christine. Yeah, I get that one a lot. Like, ooh, like the killer car. Um, <laughs> How many people are approaching you and saying a that? lot? Really? It's a very. It was a famous movie in the '90s and a famous book. I, I I'm sure if it was a Stephen King book, it's like I, Carrie. Like when people are like, oh, like you know, I similar, see. similar idea. Interesting. How does he have any other books with that start with women's names? Oh, that's a great question. I just only know you about and those two. <laughs> only know about those two. <laughs> hmm. I wonder if he knew a Christine and a Carrie, and he was like, "They're fucking evil." I'm going to use that as inspiration. Those bitches. <laughs> um, no, I, I'm, I am even shocked by myself that I don't know those references on my own because it's Stephen King, and you would think, oh, a famous spooky situation. Yeah. I should know about that. I just it just goes to show you how far removed I am from a library apparently. So library. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they did make a movie. I haven't seen it though. Oh, okay. Well, that makes me feel better. Maybe we'll watch that sometime. Yeah, we should. Um, okay, so sure, maybe Stephen King wrote about this little ditty and then I'm that's just saying his, maybe this is the knows? car, the killer car, you know. Honestly, it makes as much sense as any other theory to me. So <laughs> Then there, this is what I want you to really jump in on because you and Blaze have a story like this and I would Uh-oh. like you to discuss it. Uh, the next 
common lore or spooky entity on these uh, on these roads is that there is a lady or girl in white. I, I, she's <laughs> called the lady in white and the girl in white, so I don't know which one she is. But a pair of, apparently it's a barefoot young woman in a white nightgown, and she's seen crying by the side of the road. <sighs> and sometimes she's been seen to, like, she's crying as if she's, like, trying to desperately flag down a car. <sighs> um or it looks like she got abandoned by another car and now is crying on the side of the road. Either way, she looks miserable by herself on the side of the road. And allegedly, those who stop to see if she's okay will then report that she vanishes in front of their eyes. <gasps> Creepy. And many think that uh, this spirit might actually be stuck here because maybe she was a hitchhiker who got picked up by the wrong person. And the theory is that she's buried nearby that patch <gasps> of the road. Ooh, that just gave me goose cam that she's like just waiting to be found. Oh, mm -hmm. God. Uh, might you insert your own story about the woman? I forgot I had told you about that. I like didn't even realize I had told you about that. It, it gets me jazzed. I think especially because like it final something finally rattled Blaze. It really did. It was to the point where Blaze's reaction was making me scared rather than the other way around. So we were at the beach at like midnight. Okay, we were at uh my Sounds romantic. Yeah, well, it was kind of <laughs> gross and it smelled like seaweed. So we just <laughs> took our beer and went home. Um <laughs> But we were like, oh, let's go to the beach at midnight. It was um we were like visiting my stepmom's house. She has like a house uh, by the beach on the East Coast. And we were like, oh, let's walk to the beach and just like have a beer. So we went and walked to the beach. And then we were walking back at like, it might have even been later. It might have been like two in the morning. I don't know. And we were walking home down this like, and this is a very isolated, like, I don't want to say desolate, but like very sparse area. There were like a couple houses, but it wasn't like a touristy area. It's not like a public beach or anything and so we were walking back down this road this like path through the wood like it's almost like wooded um on the side of the beach and all of a sudden we like see this lady in a white dress like probably a hundred yards ahead of us and we were like where did she come from because there's no houses there or anything we we're like where did she come from and I was like oh she must have just uh she must have just like wandered out and maybe she's waiting for someone to pick her up. It was so strange. And as we got closer and there was no way we had to walk right past her, there was no way like we could turn to the side or walk a different path or even turn around. So we were like, we just have to go past. And we were so scared that I remember I smashed my beer bottle on a rock because I was like, I feel like I might need a weapon. We were so afraid. And it was just this girl or like this young woman. And she was in a white dress and it was like two, two or three in the morning, just standing there staring straight across from her across the path into the woods, just Ugh. stood there the entire time. And as we got closer and closer and closer, Blaze was freaking, <laughs> he was losing his mind. I've never seen him so scared. He freaking out. And I was like, oh, I was the one trying to be rational. Like, oh, I'm sure she's just waiting for her friends. And as we got closer, she was fucking gone. Just <gasps> vanished, vanished. We walked past. I turned and I was like, where did she go? And we had our flashlights on our phones, just like trees. Like, I don't know where she went. Maybe she saw us and like ducked behind a tree. I have no idea. But Blades was like, let's get the fuck out of here. And we ran back. That would almost make me run faster. Because yeah, like, we now I'd be like, oh, she's hiding because out. she's like ready to like jump and get us yeah, or something. I was more worried. Yeah, I was more worried she was like dangerous. I don't know why. I mean, 
I guess just because why would you be out in the middle of the night? But like, we meanwhile, were. I wonder if she was panicked about you and like went I know. And started hiding when she saw you coming. She's like, that lady's holding a broken beer bottle. Yeah. <laughs> like, of course yeah. she should be scared. But like, we did not see her again. And Blaze to this day is like, I don't want to talk about it. He was so scared. <laughs> but it was creepy because she was in white. It was the middle of the night. She was just standing there. It also like, freaks me out because like. For? Obviously, the worst movie in the world, The Strangers. Uh, yeah. There was like a very quick clip where like they weren't even the killers weren't even doing anything, but they were just standing out in the woods, just staring at the house that's, straight ahead. That's the creepy. And it's just like staring. It's like what are you doing? And like why? <sighs> I I can't. I couldn't even. I don't know. I have no that, idea. That was what I kept saying. I was like, if she would just like look at us, like turn, glance our way, anything, yeah. I'd be less freaked out. But she's just staring straight ahead blankly and just like frozen in this white dress and i was like it is like two or three in the morning it is cold out she's just standing there in this like desolate part of the island and it's almost like you don't even want to open up the conversation to be like hi do you need help because then she might be like i need help killing you like i don't know (laughs) we do step aside (laughs) uh yeah exactly it was very freaky i can't explain it it was like one of those you had to be there because we were just feeding off each other's fear probably but also (laughs) like this was a really we were on an island and it was like very desolate part of the island like nobody was out there there weren't houses there we had walked quite a way to get there so it's like what are you doing out here at two in the morning on the side of the road by Mm. yourself i don't know it was spooky anyway well there you have it there's I'm a getting my chocolate back i'm i'm stress eating <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh okay well besides in this situation the girl in white that people claim to see uh, on the side of the road there are other phantom hitchhikers that people have seen that disappear in front of you and some Ooh. of them some of them my friend do not have faces <gasps> you know i don't like that <laughs> i i want to find someone who does like that <laughs> Okay, fair point. Were you fair trying point. to be original there? Because <laughs> I, can you imagine if I told someone, "Oh yeah, this person doesn't have eyes," and they're just like, "Yes," How you know, cool like, is that? <laughs> <laughs> and then they vanish in front of you. Oi. Um, okay, so no, this they they don't have a face. Like it's no, just I a don't. I don't. A, a blob of a face, I guess. And others have said that. So those other people that I just mentioned, they will see a hitchhiker on the side of the road. And then as they approach them, they'll vanish, including these faceless phantoms. Mm. Um, But others have said that the hitchhikers will go so far as to straight up get in your car and have full ass conversations with you. And basically, as you're driving, you will look over and they're gone. That is freaky. Now that I just certainly couldn't tolerate, especially as I'm <laughs> operating a vehicle. A vehicle? Like, no freaking get way. It. Um, some people, which I think is, if they have to be in my car, the kinder version is that people have said a hitchhiker got in their car and they had a whole conversation and then like dropped them off somewhere. And then they found out later that that was a fucking ghost. And ev- <laughs> so many other people have had that experience where they that oh, is they dr- kinder because you're not just in the moment sending me into a existential a crisis <laughs> yeah <laughs> but then again it's like why do you keep getting dropped off at the same place like just like maybe that was the last thing that happened maybe to it's them like the or... replay thing yeah but like but maybe uh, is it conversation yeah they're ha- they're clearly reacting to your original words compared to somebody else maybe they're just having maybe they're just meeting talkative people and they just keep Ooh. going uh-huh 
uh-huh uh-huh <laughs> and everyone's like no we had a great conversation but they're not self-aware enough to realize they were the only one talking i would like to know if all those people could get in a room and repeat the conversation yeah. because maybe the hitchhiker is just asking them the same questions maybe it's maybe the hitchhiker is creating the narrative there mm. he's just carrying every conversation on his back and everyone what a thinks terrible way to live eternity <laughs> <laughs> oh so where are you driving oh cool okay yeah <laughs> So, okay, a lot of hitchhiker ghosts. Um, and uh, blah, 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 blah. then there are theories about um, hellhounds hanging <gasps> out in these. Ooh. I keep thinking the woods because that's all I know apparently about lone roads. But in this desert highway, apparently desert there highway. are there are hellhounds, which are Yikes. Satan's pets. Uh, <laughs> and I guess Aww. they are said to be seen in the middle of the night when your car breaks down and you're by yourself. Oh, well, never mind. I was like, cool, if I see one when I'm passing through. But if I'm stopped, I'd rather not. I mean, my toxic trait is thinking I would run into an actual hellhound and I could like, like he, he he would like me. You yeah, know? he would. It, it's like 100 percent. It's like I'm different. <laughs> it's like he won't eat me i know you're here to drag me to hell but like have you experienced peanut butter because like excuse me i'm a dog person uh i have peanut butter belly rubs i don't see what could go wrong oh yeah exactly i've got a tennis ball in my car you could go (laughs) fucking nuts over that um but yeah so this is especially a problem for people who are riding motorcycles down this road. Uh, they seem to have most of these hellhound experiences, Mm -hmm. maybe because they're just like sitting outside and like can hear nature around them mm-hmm. um i say as someone who's never been on a motorcycle they're maybe they're just hearing a <laughs> massive motor but um I, in my mind i i still i get so freaked out at the concept of being someone who rides a motorcycle because like what about when you're like riding home really late at night and you're at a red light and you just have to sit with your feet on the pavement and like and hope no one comes and grabs you i don't know in my head it's so creepy but like i'm sure there's also the like stereotype that if you have a motorcycle you're like bad and tough and no one's probably going to approach you but like i would still be freaked the fuck out every time oh yeah especially when you stop and like the motor lulls and it's quiet not quiet but like you know quieter it freak, like you're just already outside you don't even have the safety of your car anyway they apparently motorcyclists experience it the most there's actually one story uh that a bunch of bikers once got into a fight with these hellhounds like oh. so not even like being in a, in a pack like numbers didn't save you like uh, just hellhounds came at this like whole group of bikers oh, shit. um apparently they lost their arms in this fight what Apparently the bikers got in a fight with hellhounds and they got their arms ripped off. <gasps> and then uh, in the same spooky story, one of the bikers got their faces bitten off by the hellhounds, but they were not dragged to hell. And thus it was a success. Oh, good. Well, glad so, for them. But think about it. They got their face bitten off. Now there's a faceless hitchhiker. Just saying. <gasps> oh, maybe those are all lumped into one situation. Maybe those are the victims of the hellhounds. Aha! And aha, they're cursed aha. to spend eternity having meaningless conversation with drivers. On and Route 666. I'm convinced. Okay. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> and just like that, you're right. Um, <laughs> Look at me go. Truckers have also said that hellhounds will straight up jump into your car. Oh, so, like, okay. 
if you think like, oh, well, I'm in a massive 18 wheeler, I'm safe from the hellhounds. Uh, apparently they will literally break through your windows just to get to you. Oh, they and, will break through the window. It doesn't even need to be open. Excellent. Yeah, they don't need to put their like cute little hellhound paws up and like wait for you. Like they're uh, breaking through. They're they're taking charge. Okay. They are satanic. So it, uh, oh, it sure, shocks sure, me sure. less. I just keep thinking of like a beagle or something. Yeah, but it's... I'm like, that's so sweet. Oh, yeah. no, I guess not. Um, which also freaks me out because if I were ever driving on this road and found like an abandoned puppy and oh, like, heck yeah. like now do I stop for the puppy? Like how I'm sinister, how sinister does this get? Are they tricking me to like, do maybe they, they don't innocent. I don't know. I don't know. Like what if you saw a little puppy dog just limping across the road? You tell me I'm not going to stop for it. Uh, yeah. As if I think hellhounds, if they knew that that strategy would work, there'd be a lot more reports of them. Maybe they are. Maybe that's who they are. And we're just all getting duped left and right. Aha. Uh-huh. Well, Gio is a little evil and he well, did that's come, true. come from the streets. So he that... came from the woods, though. Oh. He was well, abandoned in the woods. I got to tell you, the other than hellhounds, there's no other dog I've heard of that enjoys eating rocks, solid <laughs> rocks, than Gio. So I wouldn't be shocked if he was part satanic. Um. It just eats them like they're Tic Tacs. It's so creepy. Okay, He's so such a creepo. Talk about uh, tummy ache. I know. Well, okay, so here's the thing. These they will jump into your windows, they'll break through the glass just to get to you in this lore. Mm-hmm. Um, they're also known that like if you were to see one of them running across the street, or I guess if you didn't see one and you accidentally hit one with your car, mm-hmm. uh, it's said to leave like hulk sized dents in your car. But oh they're God. but the dog's fine. They just like run off as if nothing happened. So it's like hitting oh Superman. God. Um I wonder if that was someone who actually hit a dog w- though and just tried to cover up for it, you know. Or just hit something else and was like, oh no, it was a hellhound dent yeah. in my car. <laughs> as I it drive the- and don't look back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Um okay, so allegedly uh other than hellhounds, people claim that there are other entities seen on the road including what i will be renaming uh flesh saunterers uh oh, whatever see. you see the synonyms i'm doing here flesh mm-hmm. and sauntering taking a stroll okay so the reason i am changing up the word is because last time when i talked about flesh saunter ranch if you i uh, did that episode a long time ago People wrote in and kept saying that saying the actual word is, like, not that wise to do. Apparently, uh, culturally, it is, uh, in a lot of indigenous traditions, if you say it, it brings a lot of bad luck, and they can hear you, and you're summoning them. And a lot of people actually, I think, turned off that episode because they felt like by listening to it, they were... Uh Uh-oh experiencing some dark stuff so out of respect i'm i'm renaming them even though that feels like the wrong thing to do if i'm trying to be respectful but i hope you understand where i'm trying to come from uh sure yes okay so uh a lot of people claim that those entities uh walk up and down uh route 666 um and like i just said apparently saying their name is very dangerous it gives them power and we're just not going to say the name. So I just people feel like can flesh saunter sounds way more cursed than anything you've ever said on this show. <laughs> right? It feels definitely like I'm not helping the situation. No! <laughs> um, I can't think of another word for walker. I mean, saunter is not the part that's creeping me out. I know. Well, okay. Well, flesh is the only word I can think of other than Epidermis. skin. 
okay, the epidermis runner. Oh no. Oh, okay. Never mind. All of this is so bad and sounds like Ed Gein is involved all of a sudden. <laughs> okay. Well, speaking of indigenous people, there have been uh, some Navajo sources that have said that uh, these stories of these entities being on the roads uh, have actually been not accurate and they are usually created by non-indigenous people for like content views wow shocking yeah so how surprised i am yeah well as i'm a non-indigenous person talking about this for content views like i certainly (laughs) don't feel that great about it but i will use the platform to at least say uh usually if you're hearing about flesh saunterers um you know, maybe pay attention to what type of creator is talking about sure. it because usually a good chunk of it is lore that was just made up for the spook factor when like, sure. it's actually a really like sacred part of their practices. Um, so there's actually a Cherokee writer named Dr. Adrian Keene who uh, is quoted saying, about these entities they're connected to many concepts and ceremonial understandings and life ways it's not just a scary story or something to tell kids to get them to behave it's much deeper than that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um plus as we've discussed before there's a long and ugly history of involving indigenous beliefs into history to make it scary sure and it's just let's try to unlearn that folks mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um so there's a chance that these beings have only been inserted into the narrative of this road because especially because the highway is partly on navajo land sure so i'm sure that doesn't like help people bolster when it comes to bolstering that that narrative so sure anyway if you hear someone saying that those beings are walking up and down the road maybe check fact fact check that yeah um now let's go on to probably your favorite part which is the ufos Oh, boy. Okay. Oh, boy. Uh, People also, uh, alongside all the ghosts, claim that there are either alien abductions happening on this road or some sort of dimensional rifts happening on this road. no. Because people often claim to lose time when driving on this highway. (gasps) And to be fair... As I go into this, because this was my first thought, I was like, okay, well, it's probably just like a bout of like highway hypnosis where like you're driving on a long, long, long road and you're by yourself and it's dark and uh, your brain is going to come up with things to entertain itself. But apparently that's, it's not that simple. There's one guy, he swears that when he was driving, quote, the air seemed to bend around his truck And light started flashing by him like he hit warp speed in Star Wars. (gasps) And this went on for like 15 full ass minutes. Oh, shit. So it's not like, oh, shake yourself out of it. Like it's still happening. He was like, like, he had 15 minutes to look around and be like, am I losing it? What is going on? This is happening. And like going at impossible speeds, thinking he's probably going to hit something. Yeah. Um, And then after 15 minutes, when it stopped and he went back to a normal speed, three hours had passed. (gasps) I mean, I would pay for that kind of technology to get me through a road trip. That's true. Um, And maybe not as dramatic, but certainly something I still don't want to experience. Other people have claimed to lose massive chunks of time on this highway where you'll be driving. And then in like the blink of an eye, it's dark out and you're almost out of gas. And it's been six hours. Um, Nice that they wake you up before you run out of gas. 
Yeah, but just barely. Like just maybe barely. maybe you'll make what a crossover though if the aliens and the hellhounds got together because no! like you're almost out of gas and then you break down on the side of the road no! and then the hellhounds are there. Boy. So even passengers, uh not the drivers themselves have experienced this. Um alongside the driver where the two of them will be like did you experience that so neither of them can remember anything for the last few hours and some swear that a minor event will happen right before this time slip Um, some people have said that they see a green flash of light in front of them before they lose hours of time and others say that their car broke down for a moment so they pulled over and within seconds uh, like the problem will fix itself. And they're like, oh, okay, let me get back on the road. And they realize that in those split seconds where the problem fixed itself, it's actually been hours. That's that got to be an abduction, by. right? An alien abduction. Right? Like, I mean, first of all, it's, it's, I, in my mind, I'm like, oh, well, that's kind that they at least like pull you over to the side of the road before they abduct you. So they don't pull you out of a car <laughs> going like gracious. 60 miles an hour. Um, but it might be because, like, we've talked before about UFOs, like, kind of making, um, like, taking, absorbing energy from machines and breaking them down or something. Mm-hmm. So maybe you think your car's breaking down because it, like, got restarted or something by a UFO nearby, like, fucked it up in some way. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But it it feels weird that, oh, my car's <clears throat> breaking down. I better pull over. And then seconds later, your car is fine and it's been hours. Like, what? I just imagine that that's uh, implanted memory. I feel like people talk about like they were abducted and then they have some weird memory of things like very, very inane things. Yeah. Oh, my car broke down and then it started. But like in reality, that's just like implanted memory to fill in that space. Oh, okay. Well, next. Don't like it. Um, Obviously, many people attribute this to alien abductions. And this also makes sense to me that like this isn't kind of a deserty desolate remote area so probably aliens can be a little crazier over there um without getting noticed and part of this road drives through new mexico so it's not far from roswell if something's going on there um if it isn't ufos people often think that they might be driving through some sort of vortex where they like go through this tunnel where the rules of time and space are different oh spooky so maybe they pop out on the other side and that feels like only moments to them, but mm-hmm. they end up at a different like jump point in time. Some people think that these time jump experiences, AKA allegedly driving through a vortex, um, they claim that they have gotten to a destination hours earlier than they should have. Oh. Because I don't know if that means like time stops, but they kept going right. or you know i don't know or how it totally got works transported, out tra- what's the Tele- word? Teleported. Um, teleported yeah 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 so people will say that they will show up somewhere hours earlier and it makes no sense but other people claim that it feels like time is frozen and they get places super late and they can't explain why either Ooh, those spook me those are creepy too because it's like where did the time even go it's not like you can say oh you were just driving that whole time like i don't know something about getting there late freaks me out because it's like we lost hours and because you yeah, can't even no. explain yourself to people later. Yeah. So then it's like an, it's an additional shame. Yeah. Like, I feel like I'm late all the time to things. And if I ever said like, oh, I was in a vortex, you'd be like, what? I'd be like, like <laughs> honestly, it's better than the usual. Like, oh, I needed one more source or whatever. Right, 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 You're right. Like, I, set a t- a, I swear I set an alarm for every single minute and a vortex just took me away. I, you know what? 
Maybe that's why I set alarms for every minute to rattle myself out of a vortex. Yeah, you never know. So there's one story of a girl named Rachel and her friend who were driving on Route 666 or Highway 666 when uh, up ahead they saw a massive accident of like several fire trucks, several ambulances, several cop cars. So they pulled off and just like went to a gas station for a moment to, I guess, not have to sit in traffic. Uh, they ended up saying, all right, well, let's just keep going. And so they get back on the highway, maybe only like not even five minutes later. And there are no EMTs. There are no vehicles. There's no sign of an accident. I don't right where they had just been. And so people think like, Oh, maybe they blinked. They like blinked out of reality in some way. And like they were in a vortex and saw like another universe or (gasps) parallel dimension. Timeline. Ah, or maybe the ambulance and the accident, they blinked into our reality for a second and then they were gone. So maybe like the vortex works both ways. Maybe they had like some sort of glitch in the matrix where they saw something from the past or something that sure. hadn't happened yet, maybe. Right. Which is super creepy if like, oh, you saw a future accident. I, I don't know. But I mean, apparently it was fast enough that there's no way everything could have just they could have just driven away and there'd be no sign. Like there was no rubble on the ground from an accident, nothing. So it was so weird. Super creepy. Um, So in recent years, highway 666 is said to be much safer to drive and it's been renamed. Um, One reason was to avoid talk of it being cursed um, just in hopes that the energy would not be there anymore. Well, and once again, if part of it is on Native American land and you're calling it cursed, like that's also let's like move away from that. You know what I mean? Which brings me to the next point that another (laughs) another reason was because (laughs) linking this road to evil when it passes through Navajo Uh territory was not a good look. No. Um, And one woman named Laverta Washburn of the Navajo Nation, Mm -hmm. um, she actually also lost a bunch of her family members in accidents on this road. Oh, no. And, like, also I can imagine there's some, like, shitty, ignorant person who's like, oh, maybe it was a monster on the road. Like, someone could have said something so fucked up to her. Uh, But at the end of the day, as someone who is, like, indigenous and had people die on this road and has had to grow up hearing all of the lore, um, she was quoted saying, Every day Navajo people use this highway to go to work, to go to school, to go to the hospital, and yet it's named after something evil. It's the symbolism that's important. So... um, the governor said, for years, the Navajo Nation tried to get rid of this highway's number, uh, and no one ever listened. So what we are doing is a long time coming. So on top of just changing the name and number, they have expanded it into a four-way, a four-lane highway. So um, it's bigger. Uh, I don't know why it sounds like it's a highway that doesn't always get a lot of traction. Maybe that was just from several years ago in the past Mm. but they've expanded it to a four-lane highway um and it's had other safety improvements done to it and it's now named highway 491 oh two of my lucky numbers yeah i don't know why how they picked that i don't know if there's like a highway protocol or something but yeah um anyway 491 so that's those are the least satanic numbers they could come up with Technically, shouldn't it be 999? It should be 999, yeah. <laughs> anyway, that is uh, the formerly called Highway 666. That was a great story, and I got a couple bouts of goose cam. Um, 
And I want to say, too, there was a story on Jim Harold's campfire that I'm tr- I don't remember what road they were driving on, but they were definitely on a road trip and they were driving from West Coast to East. So it might have been Highway 66 on a different stretch. I'm not sure. Hmm. Um, but they were talking about it was such a like wild story. And they even said, like, I know this sounds crazy, but like. You know, I'm a very science-minded person, blah, blah, blah. But they were driving down this road, and all of a sudden, they saw dinosaurs. They were like, it was as <laughs> I know. And she was like, what? It was as if I got, like, transported into, like, a comp- like for just, like, a few seconds, got, like, put into, like, a totally different time. <sighs> I and got And just, like, flashed back to the normal road. And she's like, I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't. Anyway, obviously, I'm not get doing it justice. But she was like, I think she had, like, a doctorate. Like, she's like, I'm not a dummy. Like, I, I and I was not hallucinating. That's um, so fucked up. Oh, my God. But she said something like it felt like she got sucked into, like, a time warp. And all of a sudden, there were dinosaurs. And then she got, like. That's wild. Back to normal. It's one of those things where part of me before I like think about it, I'm like, man, I wish I'd, th- I'd have something like that. And then I'm like, no, I don't. What it would fuck me about? up forever. I feel like yeah. I would never recover from that. Also, I, I, I really want her to be friends with the paleontologist. So now she can go up to like, look at the bones and be like, that's not how it looked in that's, real life. That, like, that one's backwards. Yeah. Can you imagine the dinosaurs who saw her for a second and were like, <laughs> what the fuck is that? <laughs> but that's what I always think about when it's like, oh, I saw a ghost from the colonial era. And I'm like, they probably saw a ghost from the future. And we're like, what the fuck are you wearing? You know? Yeah. I mean, I imagine that. seeing a fucking car and you're a dinosaur and you're like, <laughs> that moves by itself. What's going on? <laughs> that's one weird looking dinosaur. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what I would think, but it is fun to imagine. Um, wow. Anyway, so I don't know if that was on the same road, but it, the, the way she told it was obviously much more poignant and scary, and I, I just probably butchered it, but it it was very, like, alarming, because you think, oh, well, if you go through a time warp, like, why wouldn't you go back to a million years ago? You know what I mean? Like, why wouldn't yeah. you go back to a time when suddenly there are dinosaurs there? It's kind of, kind of the same concept of where everyone, like, there's that meme of, like, how come all the ghosts are from the 1800s yeah. and not, like, a 2007 Britney fan? Uh-huh. Like. But it it goes in reverse. Like, how come everyone has, like, jumps into glitches in the Matrix that are only, like, 100 years max away? Like, why isn't there a a medieval renaissance glitch in the Matrix or something? That's a great question. You know? it's Maybe I wonder, it's harder to get... It's too far removed. Yeah. I wonder if eventually, like, even your soul kind of fades out of existence. Like, I wonder if in the 1800s, they were only seeing, like, 1700s people. Mm. And then after all those people died, the ghosts were like, damn, even the people that could see me are dead now. I guess I should just go move on. Like, (laughs) I wonder, like, eventually, are there just going to be no ghosts from the 1900s and you're like 2,500, you know? That's a great point, Em. Because I never see a ghost from year three, you know? So, like, like, where'd they go? Wow. There should be ghosts of cavemen. I know, but there weren't that many of them, right? And they there weren't... was at least one. Someone <laughs> <laughs> you would think a museum full of like caveman memorabilia. You think like some yeah. You do think like some caveman chachka has an attachment, and yet I've never seen a fucking caveman in a museum that wasn't a statue. Okay, but you don't see ghosts every day. Like maybe somebody has seen a caveman ghost, and you know what? 
for we are so lucky that we have so many <laughs> listeners and every time you've ever made a request during listener stories we're like i want a cowboy episode people just <laughs> flood our emails okay mr armchair ghosts and guess what people flooded so, somehow there are armchair ghosts enough of them to do a whole episode on mm-hmm. and yet i think the real the the one challenge no one can accomplish is caveman ghost stories i think we would not get a single email Okay, I just feel like if you're looking at this statistically, the number of people that have existed since then are so much higher than the number of people that existed during caveman era. So, like, the odds of seeing a caveman ghost are so much slimmer. Okay, but here's the thing, then. Imagine you're in, like, year 100 or something. Mm -hmm. Like, those people should have... If they're seeing ghosts, they're only seeing caveman ghosts, yeah? No, because the year 100 was not when caveman... That was after Jesus died, allegedly. That's fair. Okay. Uh, hmm. Which, by the way, does that mean in year 1 AD, did anyone see Jesus's ghost? Wait, hang on. No, he was born in... Okay, forget it. After death, right? No, Annos Domini, the year of our Lord. Okay, here we go. Oh, fuck. So, uh, hold on. Let's, I've heard yeah, help me. Uh, I've heard of people seeing ghosts of like Roman soldiers and things, but obviously that happens in Italy. Like what uh, are we I see You know what going. I'm saying? Like yeah, I guess if you're in like colonial America, you know, maybe you're seeing colonial ghosts, but like you wouldn't be seeing a a caveman Excellent in like point. Burbank. You are totally right. So I don't know, maybe it's just the place that makes the difference. All right. In that case, we need to go to the place that had the most cavemen per capita, and then we just sit on it <laughs> okay. and just per hope capita, for the yeah. best. <laughs> okay, you make we'll some go good back points. To you... Year one hundred AD. Got every history major <laughs> listening is like having an episode. Does it really? I always thought BC was before Christ and AD was after death. That's was not year true. Of our Lord. Oh wait, no, because then what? he would have died at age zero. That doesn't make any sense. Uh, you're totally right. Why didn't my brain always think that? I don't know. We don't really need to think. We don't need to sit on that. (laughs) Why did my brain think that? That's a very loaded question that I don't (laughs) feel like I have the authority to answer. I really, my, I just, Hey, whatever. Let's you're everyone who's thinking, wow, M's an idiot. You know what? You're right. And I'm fine with that. You're, I'm not going to lose sleep about it. It's okay. (laughs) I'm, I'm, that's all that matters. (laughs) I'm totally fine with, um, I feel like I was also taught AD after death, but I don't think that that's correct. I think that's just one of those, like, uh, things people assume and then nobody corrects it Do you know what i'm saying as someone who knew that 999 meant the year of our lord yeah. i'm gonna say that it cancels out today you should have quit on a high yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 okay tell your story so everyone can forget this whole experience it feels very fitting that juniper is currently sitting on my lap uh, because we all want our cats to be healthy and happy because when they're happy, we're happy. But because we're not mind readers, we don't always know when they're unwell. And in my experience, cats are not the most, you know, open when it comes to sharing their woes. And there goes Junie, literally jumped right off me. So helping us keep tabs on our cat's health is just one reason you should use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter's ultra absorbent crystals trap odor instantly. No more cat bathroom smell, thank God. Pretty Litter's super light crystal base also minimizes mess and dust. Plus, the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the garbage can for Blaze, because that's his job. Here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes colors to help monitor early signs of potential illness in our cats, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues. And Pretty Litter ships free right to your door in a small, lightweight bag. Pretty Litter 
has changed the game. The litter box is right near Leona's room, and so it is very delightful to not have that litter smell all the time when she's taking a nap. Plus, we can rest easy knowing that Juniper and his little kidneys are healthy. Pretty Litter helps keep tabs on my cat's health and keeps odors down. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com slash ATWWD and use code ATWWD to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash ATWWD, code ATWWD to save 20%. prettylitter.com slash ATWWD, code ATWWD. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. All right. Well, if we didn't have enough headaches on uh, on our minds today, I'm going to bring you an unsolved mystery, okay, for you to, to really scream about and turn and scream about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the story of Angela Hammond. Okay. And uh, this was featured in an episode of Unsolved Mysteries, uh, season four, episode 16. Um, so a lot of that information comes from that. Uh, So in the Unsolved Mysteries episode that covers Angela's disappearance, the host said, for every mystery, someone somewhere knows the truth. So Mm. I, for one, am still hoping, like all unsolved cases, that somebody has a moment and says, hey, I know something or confesses or who knows. But we can only hope. So Angela was born February 9th, 1971. And this takes place in the year 1991. So she's about 20. Uh, And she lived in Clinton, Missouri. And now this Hmm. is a small farming community of with a population of about 9000. And I was I was like reading this the other day and I rolled over to Blaze and I went, don't your grandparents live in Clinton, Missouri? And he was like, yeah, why? And I was like, that's where the story takes place. He goes, are you sure it's a really small town? And I was like, yeah. Did he just. Did the grandparents remember that? No, at all? so they actually didn't move there till later in okay. life. So, because uh, my mother in law is from Missouri, but she didn't grow up in Clinton, but that's where they moved later. Um, but yeah, so kind of weird because it's like a small farm. Like they have a farm out there. It's like very rural. Mm. Um, so it's just just a weird coinky dink. That's all. Gotcha. Um, but I've been there. Gio loved it. He met a horse for the first time. Oh, did they yeah. get along? Well, he tried to bite its ankle, and then I had to drag him away so he didn't get kicked in the face. Uh, And then he walked directly into the lake, and I had to pull him out because I don't know if he would have figured out how to swim. (laughs) So he he really is not built for the farm. You know, he's a city dog. (laughs) He's not built for the farm. I like how I feel like anyone else would see a a living creature 20 times their size and the last thing they do is try to hurt it. 100%. He's like, I'm going to attack that thing. And I was like, I wouldn't if I were you. I no, really wouldn't. I would openly be like, you are the alpha in the situation. Absolutely. It's time for me to backtrack over Absolutely. here. Gio's not known for being, you know, humble or um, understanding his, his place <laughs> he in the world. Always <laughs> takes on a challenge. That's mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He won't, uh, he won't back down uh, easily. So anyway, Angela in 1991 is living in Clinton, Missouri, the small farming community. She worked at a bank. She attended Central Missouri State University. 
And her family, the Hammonds, had lived in Clinton for three generations. And Angela was nicknamed Angie. She was well-known. She was well-liked throughout town. She was charming and outgoing. Just one of those classic people you see in one of these TV shows where it's like she lit up a room, you know? Mm -hmm. She had started dating her boyfriend, 18-year-old Rob Schaefer, in November of 1990. And apparently Rob was a local celebrity. Okay, Rob. I know, because he was a celebrity athlete in town he was like the small town like a superstar you know going I mean, places if you're a celebrity athlete by 18 in a small town i'm just gonna take a stab in the dark and say that he was the quarterback of the high school <laughs> football team he played volleyball no i don't know i assume it was i assume it was a uh, football it seems to be the most likely scenario in a small midwest town yeah yeah precisely um But so he was a senior in high school and he planned to enlist in the military when he graduated. Uh, They'd been dating for a while. And two months into their relationship, January 1991, Angie had found out she was pregnant. So Rob proposed to Angie with a diamond ring. They were so excited. And Angela's mother, Marsha, said Rob promised Angie he'd always be there to take care of her. Um, He felt very protective of her. They loved each other deeply. They were very excited about this baby. And about their engagement. And then everything goes wrong. Okay. Oh. Just, okay. just, just, oh my God, this story is so wackadoo. Okay. Oh. <laughs> April 4th, 1991. Angie and Rob, so she's a couple months pregnant. Angie and Rob went to a barbecue together in Angie's car. Afterwards, she dropped him off at his house where he lived with his family at 10 p.m. on her way to visit her friend Kyla. She promised to call him later. Meanwhile, Rob was babysitting his younger brother and planned to meet back up with Angie when his mom came home. So this is the timeline, and this just becomes important because there really aren't many more clues than this timeline. So just a little over an hour later, at 11.20 p.m., Angie called Rob from a payphone about seven blocks from his house in the center of town. She said there was a vehicle that kept circling around the block while she was on the phone. Hmm. Rob later reported that it was an older model green Ford pickup truck and Angie hadn't recognized the truck or the driver. So Rob was like, oh, it's probably somebody who's just from out of town and is lost. So don't worry about it. Well, then the driver parked at the phone booth and Hmm. Angie told Rob the driver is getting out of his car and coming toward me. Yeah, she said he's dirty, he had a mustache, scruffy dark hair, a beard and wore overalls, eyeglasses and a baseball cap. The man tried to use the phone next, the payphone next to Angie, got back in his truck and started searching for something inside with a flashlight. Because remember, it's like 11 at night, 1130 Mm -hmm. at night. Rob told Angie to ask if this guy needed to use her phone. Like maybe the other phone was broken and this guy was just trying to use the phone. Mm -hmm. She asked, hey, sir, do you need to use the phone? Um, I can get off this one. And he said, no, thanks. He'd try the other phone again in a moment. So Rob got uncomfortable and said, hang on, I'm going to come meet you. And she's like, no, no, it's fine. It's not necessary. They went back to their conversation. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, she, Rob heard through the phone, Angie began screaming a blood-curdling scream. And then he heard a man's voice say, I didn't need to use the phone anyway. (gasps) Yeah. Oh, fuck. Rob dropped the phone didn't even hesitate, leapt into his car and raced toward the town square. Again, this is only like seven blocks from his house. On his way there, he sees the pickup truck 
passing him, going the other direction. And Angie saw him from inside. She screamed Robbie at him from an open window. Holy shit. As the vehicles pass each other, he did a U-turn and began chasing the truck. They went down the main road, passing through the town's business district. Um, there were buildings all around. There were some people out. But, like, nobody knew why they were chasing each other through this town square. So nobody really thought to do anything. So Rob was right on the abductor's tail, like, yards away, uh, seconds away from rescuing Angie. Um, unfortunately, obviously this was not the era of cell phones yet. And mm -hmm. so, you know, if he had had a cell phone, he could have called the police and like had this, you know, sorted out, but it was 1991. The two of them were on their own and the clock was ticking. Rob, when he had pulled this U-turn, he had turned so violently that he basically destroyed the transmission of his car. Um, and he was on the abductor's tail for about 10 miles, uh, when his car died in the middle of the road. <gasps> so he just had to watch her just drive away. Mm -hmm. Oh my he, God. Did he get the license plate number? So that becomes a point of contention. Oy, so okay. he says he was on the abductor's tail for 10 miles. He said the truck was about a 1969 or 1970 model. And there was a decal covering the entire back windshield, which looked to be like a fish jumping out of water. Some sort of like big vinyl sticker of like a fish jumping out of the water. Um, and as his car died, uh, he recalled later in an interview, all I saw was his brake lights and dust. Oh. And the hardest thing to cope with, for obvious reasons, is knowing he was close enough to get them but didn't get the job done and just had to watch as they drove away. Just like the most jarring, horrifying thing. Um, so the people of Clinton were in shock. Uh, so there's this website called crimegrade.org where they like mark how dangerous uh, and how likely a place is to have violent crime. And Clinton is only in the 27th percentile, meaning like 73% seven, of cities are safer and 27% of cities are more dangerous. So Clinton gets a D minus for violent crime. So wow. it is considered more dangerous than the average U.S. city. Um, we don't know what the score would have been in 1991. This is a more recent uh, number. Uh, so, you know, there's no... That just shows, like, maybe how likely it is to have had some sort of uh, violent crime. But this kind of thing, somebody just grabbing a woman off the side of the road and driving away was still basically shocking to everybody mm. in town. Oh Especially because it's such a small town and they knew her. Yeah. So police and hundreds of local volunteers set out to find Angie, um, both on land and by air, but they could not find any signs of Angie or her abductor. So the first thing, you know, Rob told police about the fishing scene he had seen on the back of this truck, this like big sticker. And yeah. so investigators were like, OK, well, let's look at fishermen who drive on these rarely used back roads to access fishing spots. Um, they, you know, went through and interrogated anyone they could come across and ask if they knew anything and they just couldn't really get any firm leads. So they found Angie's car by the payphone still. Her purse and her money were still inside the car. Uh, so there's a thing called the Missouri Rural... <laughs> it's really hard to say. The Missouri Rural Crime Squad, um, which is made up from the cooperation of multiple counties' investigative forces. Um, and they asked the public, this is kind of a twist on things, they asked the public to search their own land and their own barns and abandoned houses. Oh, because, you know, usually it's sense. like, oh, the police would search. But yeah, it makes sense because if you have a lot of land and you have barns, like, you know how to search that more thoroughly than yeah. authorities would. 
Um, Plus, it's like so, get the town to help cover the the scene. Yes, or... cover cover all that land. I mean, yeah, exactly. It's a very rural area, so there's just like tracts of land and you know abandoned barns, things like that. So people were uh, investigating their own land to see if they could find any sign of Angie. Um, property owners individually searching would be way more thorough than police searching every single property. And authorities actually offered a six thousand dollar reward for anyone who could find any information. Um, which nowadays is about 13 grand. Oh, wow. Unfortunately, nobody found anything. So that did not go anywhere. But the State Highway Patrol did produce a list of 1,600 possible vehicles matching Rob's description. Um, They went through all of those and nothing, no car they looked at, nothing produced any more evidence. Um, So now with no other evidence and no witnesses, Rob became a suspect because mm. he's the boyfriend, you know, he's the last person who talked to her and he's the only witness. So, of course, they're going to look at him. Interestingly, Angie's mother didn't think for even a minute that Rob had anything to do with this. That's good. Yeah. So she really fully trusted him and she had known him since childhood. But she calmly said in an interview that she thought it was natural for people to question Rob because, quote, did the boyfriend do it type thing is a common, you know, way to look at an investigation and within a week rob was cleared so even though his story was pretty far-fetched it seemed to check out that's good okay meanwhile statewide media urged women to be careful um ominously the springfield news leader the same paper that would later uh write reports on the disappearance of the springfield three only a year later published a headline caution needed for women's safety um and then a year later, the Springfield Three happened, and, and they were the ones reporting on that as well. Very ominous. So as the investigation wore on, papers ran with the theory that maybe there was a serial killer loose in the Ozarks. And investigators told newspapers they were considering that Angie's abduction might actually be related to two other women's cases. Um, so that same year, 1991, in January and February, 42-year-old Trudy Darby and 30-year-old Cheryl Kenny, who were both convenience store cashiers, were abducted at work. So just oh, like shit. in their, in public, doing their thing, were both taken from work. Uh, and like Angie, Trudy called her son to report a suspicious man in the parking lot before she was kidnapped, which is just wow. so eerie, you know? Which is, I also like... Like, I wonder what really was the, I don't know what the right word is, but like, what was the aha moment or the the X factor that made them so suspicious? That Because mm-hmm. I, I feel like a lot of times it's someone who's kind of unassuming and you don't know. I mean, mm-hmm. there's also really creepy people out there, but like, I just, I wonder what they saw that yeah, like what really the struck them. was the big yeah. red flag, yeah. you know? And I think with um, Angie, it seems like, she's on the phone and this guy's just circling the block over and over. So that makes sense. But I wonder, yeah, I wonder if it's, you know, and I feel like this is my moment to pitch my favorite book again that I occasionally bring up, which is the gift of fear by Gavin de Becker. Um, and he talks about this gut feeling and he, you know, mostly mentions women in the book just because they're mostly the victimized ones in crimes like this. Um, but he talks about like how, I just reread it recently, but he talks about how there's something in you oftentimes that will tell you a situation is wrong and you won't even consciously know why. And mm-hmm. I get goose cam every time I talk about this because like one of the examples is a woman who went into her house 
or I'm sorry, her apartment building. And this guy offered to help with the groceries and helped her carry them upstairs. And long story short, he ended up assaulting her and uh, she escaped and, you know, made it out. But looking back, she was like, I knew something was wrong. Alarm bells were ringing. And she didn't realize why until later she realized when she came into the apartment building, she never heard the lock click. So she never heard somebody come into the building, which means he was waiting inside. Mm. And so just things like that where your brain picks up on it, even though you don't consciously know why, but your brain is like alarm bells, alarm bells. And uh, that say, I think it was the same woman said um, he told her, hey, I'm going to let you go in a minute. And then he closed the window and walked out of her bedroom. And she said, I need, like she said, her fear like overtook her whole body. She barely even controlled herself. And she followed him down the hallway naked and ran out the front door into her neighbor's apartment. Um, And she realized later, like, even though he said, I'm going to let you go, he had shut the windows. And she was like, I think Mm. my brain subconsciously knew he wouldn't be shutting the windows unless he wanted to, like, not have anyone hear anything if he was going to kill me. Like, he was closing the windows, even though he was saying, I'll let you go. He was closing the windows to, like, prevent anyone hearing outside. And so things like that where it's like, you know, if you feel like something is off, um, your brain might know something that you don't even realize your intuition, quote unquote, your instinct might be like, there's some red flag, but you're not even consciously aware of what it is. So I don't know. It's a great book. I recommend it. Um, and it teaches you to kind of, you know, trust your gut, so to speak, on this wow. kind of thing. So anyway, yeah, speaking of oh the red God. flags, who knows what the suspicious activity was, but um, it's Oof. just scary that they saw it coming and then it's still yeah. happened. You know what I mean? Oh, my God. Okay, anyway, sorry for that tangent. So anyway, back to this. So these two women had been kidnapped earlier that year uh, at work, and Trudy had called her son to report the suspicious car. Unfortunately, her body was found in a river several days later. She had been shot twice in the head. Um, They never found Cheryl, so that one is still unsolved. And despite no solid links between the women, um, investigators were like, well, they're close together. Um, They're around similar ages. Maybe they're related somehow, these crimes. Um, And then two men eventually were convicted of Trudy's murder in 1996. um, And they could not connect these guys to uh, Angie's disappearance. So it doesn't seem like they were related. Okay. On April 21st of 1991, which is 17 days after Angie's abduction, the Springfield newsleader ran an article announcing that the multi-county crime squad was calling off the investigation. Um, The squad had this rule that they would only remain on an investigation for five days unless they hit a lead and that would kind of further along their investigation. Um, But they had no leads. uh, They had nowhere to go. So they were giving up, so to speak. Um, And the case fell back on Clinton City Police, Henry County investigators, and the FBI. And one investigator was quoted in the article saying, we have no evidence to indicate that Angela is not alive, but sometimes with this much passage of time, you wonder. Jesus. Very depressing. Um, Over time, the investigation slowed to a stop. There really were no leads, no clues, basically no hope. It was sort of like Angie had vanished without a trace, except Rob had witnessed her being taken. Um, and then she had vanished. Like, it's just like, and like totally thank, dead end. 
I mean, obviously, it's an unsolved mystery, a.k.a. we don't get any closure at the end of this. But mm-hmm. um, thank God that he even saw it. I mean, she yeah. could have just gone fucking missing and no one would have a lead. That's a great point. Yeah. And it's sort of like a double edged sword, because on the one hand, it's like, well, good. He saw that. But then on the other hand, now he has to live with that yeah. trauma and guilt of like, I could have done something, even though obviously couldn't have i think either way he would have thought i could have done something but at least this gave him like also like it's a good psa for see something say something because they were yeah. on the phone and she was like dude this guy's being fucking weird because yeah. even if it ultimately never got us answers it definitely got us closer to an answer I yeah imagine. yeah it gave us a big clue um you know now if maybe they're able to piece things together Maybe that'll come in handy. Um, but yeah. Yeah. It seems like at the at the time, it's such a big clue. And then it just was like a dead end. Like they just had no way of getting any further, which is so frustrating. Um, for what it's worth, Angie's mom, Marsha, said Rob did everything that could have been done. Um, but she still knew he blamed himself for losing Angie and basically carried this like crushing weight of guilt for not being able to save her. Um, And Marsha said nobody blamed Rob, but she worried that maybe he thought people secretly did blame him for not, you know, doing everything in his power to save her. Um, Rob told interviewers that he still wakes up at night wondering where Angie is, wondering what happened and wondering if anybody's still looking. He said, you just wonder all the time. I really, I can't, talk about like a traumatic unimaginable no yeah so like i said this case was featured in unsolved mysteries um and some viewers this is where it gets kind of interesting modern day so to speak in the reddit forums and all that good stuff because some people have had some trouble or like red flags with this whole story so one person in response to this unsolved mysteries episode said quote If Rob's story is true, then the guy was more than lucky he was daring to take someone from a phone booth where they could have been talking to police for all he knew and also skilled to hide his license plate with mud and not getting stopped or drawing suspicion, driving with one arm and wrestling Angie, killing her in silence, escaping the APB if there was one, not having someone see you in the highway, disposing the body in a way that no one finds it, eliminating the vehicle after the crime— and also not getting any questioning after the police and FBI investigate 1,600 possible hits. Right. So that's fair. But on the other hand, like, Clinton, Missouri is about an hour away from the Kansas border, so it could very well have been a Kansas car. And when the police did the search of these 1,600 vehicles, these were Missouri cars that they looked at. Maybe he drove from a different state, and they just never even had a chance to locate that car. Do, so do th- did the police ever even look at past county lines or state no, lines? No, I think they were just looking in Missouri, oh. at cars in Missouri. And, you know, he said, like, oh, he would have gotten so lucky to not be investigated. But you hear stories all the time of people who were, when police do question the person who did it, and they just let them go because there's not, yeah, they they just nothing pass to hold the test. Them there's or... nothing to hold them. And it's like, oh, they just asked them a few questions. They answered with the right answers. Didn't seem like it was the guy. So, you know, got to let him go. Um, so maybe he was, maybe they were closer than they thought. You know, you never know. Um, and so, you know, it could have been like, there were there are a number of states nearby. So it really would be kind of an impossible task to look at every, you know, green truck in like of the number of states surrounding Missouri. I guess so. Um, so, you know, it's it's another red flag some people have is why Rob and Angie 
both noticed such specific details about the truck, but didn't see the license plate. And that's something you had asked. Yeah. And the theory that people, you know, defending this case or the people, the theory people on the other side of this argument have is maybe the plate was obscured by mud. Um, If this were like a dirty truck that, you know, I, I feel like Fisherman it was on purpose used, that it was covered. And it could have very well been intentional. Exactly. Um, Otherwise, so, like that Redditor said, so lucky it was perfectly caked on. Perfectly covered. Exactly. Like very strange. Um, and so that that's the other theory is like he probably hid the license plate if he was smart at all. Yeah. Um, and finally, one person in a forum tried to figure out why Angie would call Rob from only a few blocks away instead of just driving back to his house. Um, you know, if she were only seven blocks away and they were going to hang out that night anyway, why didn't she go straight to his house? There's really no way to know that. I mean, he was babysitting his brother. Maybe she didn't want to bother them. Like who knows um, and where why was, she did that. Maybe you said it earlier, but where was this actual phone booth? Like, was it like just completely, by itself or i'm thinking like it's like a 7-eleven parking lot let me check what the description was um it's the center of town just a, a phone booth in the center of town i feel like that means like some there could have been a witness but i guess it was eleven thirty at night so yeah there's... and it's a small town so it's hard to say um but yeah there could be somebody may may have seen something that they don't even realize is important you know, irrelevant. Yeah. Um, especially if this guy was circling the block over and over again, you know, either could have like, been somebody I, who spotted it. You know, it's, it's just to make it creepier in my mind this whole time, he was circling the block and there were like other people on the street. But if it was like a lone road by himself mm-hmm. and he was just doing donuts and you're the only person to see it, it that does so feel weird. It feels like he wants you to see him. Like he's like, yeah, like he's baiting you or something. And it's frustrating because like, you know, obviously hindsight is twenty twenty. but like if she had been like, this guy's circling the block, I'm getting in my car and driving away. It's like, Oh, this could have been maybe avoided. But again, like, you know, you but maybe not. He would have just that. chased you down. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Like, there's no way to even say that. It's just, I'm sure this is what Rob's brain goes through every day. Time yeah. He thinks about it. Um, just very, very scary, you know, and again, like read that book. It's a great book. Um, and it just helps you kind of understand why sometimes your, your subconscious knows better how to keep you safe. Yeah. Um, so let's see what else. The question about whether why she was calling him, we may never know unless Angie is found alive, you know. Uh, but like with any unsolved case, everyone's left with more questions than answers, which I think frustrates you and I quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so over the years, people reported sightings of Angie in several states, even as far away as Canada. Um, but there have been no solid leads. And in an interview, Angie's mom urged anyone with information to put themselves in her place and come forward. She said, even if the guy who took her sees this, if he would just call and let us know what he did with her. Uh, you know, I think any sense of closure would be a benefit to them at this point. Oh, yeah. Even if it's bad news. Yeah. So on April 14th, 2021. Uh, so, you know, about. Wow. That's not too a year long ago. ago. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit over a year ago. A Springfield, Missouri newspaper published an article on the case alleging that the abduction was not a random opportunistic attack, but was planned all along. Now, this is where Mm. things get a little topsy-turvy here, because the current police captain suspects that Angie might have been mistaken 
with another Angela. Oh, shit. Whose father was an undercover informant busting up significant drug rings. Oh, God. Yeah, his theory is that perhaps they were targeting Angela. Angela, like a hitman was targeting Angela, but got the wrong Angela, thinking, oh, this is the daughter of that guy who's a police informant, but really it was a different Angela. Um, And the informant, who also had a daughter named Angela, received a freaking letter made of cut-out magazines threatening his daughter. And he... It was postmarked the day that Angie was abducted. Oh, shit. So... Like talk about a theory. Wow. Somehow that just got totally slipped through the cracks until 2021. Uh, Can you imagine other Angela like now probably yeah. having heard that theory being like, oh, I wonder what kind of survivor's guilt she's got of like it was supposed to it was be supposed me. to be me. I was or in the right could place. Have been me. Yeah, just the name Jeez. mix up is so spooky. And I mean, I remember I covered a story about like remember that story where it was like multiple women named like Susan were attacked oh, yeah. and it turns like three out Susans or three something. Susans and it turns out like the kit man just got the wrong Susans oh my god um so it reminds me of that but yeah so the informant received this like cliche like I'm gonna send you a picture of it letter made from cut out magazine letters threatening his daughter who was also named Angela so I'm gonna send you this photo um okay. and you can definitely post this on Instagram as well okay let me send this to the group and I'm gonna read it okay just sent it says hello we know who you are some of the lines have been redacted you can see it yeah hello we know who you are people like you deserve what you get we know where your foxy daughter is at she will see us soon uh tell blank she has our deepest sympathy in her further loss goodbye uh and this was postmarked april 4th 1991 the exact date of angie's disappearance and sent to this informant who had a daughter named angela so there's a I think a very striking theory that oh hell this yeah could have been the target and it was just a mix up and they got Oof. the wrong girl um, and somehow this was overlooked for decades until like last year um, and recently an, an anonymous caller contacted investigators about the case and they're hoping to hear more from the caller uh, to chase a lead and police promise the caller they can protect their identity so I think this is a good sign because it shows like they're taking this really seriously and they're yeah. trying to keep this person's information private so that they can follow up on this lead so I'm really hoping that means they're gonna you know be able to bring some closure to this case um, investigators released this letter to social media hoping to renew interest in the case trigger people's memories say you know if you have any sort of connection to this even if you saw something and you don't realize what you may have seen i was so i was like blaze did your grandparents live there in 1991 and he was like no i was like damn it i was about to call them and say what did you see yeah but, truly like what did alas. you hear who did you talk to anything did anything you know an angela like yeah any green trucks fishermen yeah. anything Oy. Oy, so oy, oy. One investigator on the case said that in 2021, which was nearly 30 years to the day after Angie's disappearance, they said, quote, this has not been a cold case ever as far as I'm concerned, and it's not going to be. So I'm really hoping they're able to put some answers out there and, you know, get some closure for the family and for Rob. Um, And there's a quote in this article, too, um, that says, when she screamed, this is Rob. When she screamed at me out the window, I put it in reverse and started chasing him. So just like how 
close he was. I mean, it's just I mean, he was close enough he could hear her. And, like, I'm sure... I can't even imagine. I'm sure her fucking... That was the last time he ever heard her, and it probably is in his head every second. (gasps) I didn't even think of that. That poor fucking guy. I know. I mean, at age And poor Angela, too, by the way. of course. But, like, that poor guy who, like, just had to, like, just go to work the next day and pretend like nothing was going on. It's it's horrific uh just age 18 to have that be like your defining trauma for the rest of your life you know i was gonna say like a developmentally like and you haven't even really started like Mm -mm. your uh your passage into like relationships and now Mm -hmm. every relationship like i I can't imagine how overprotective he probably is the people he cares about yeah yeah that must be a a long lasting fear yeah god um, so you know what? Uh a man with a mustache, beard, wearing glasses, overalls, driving like a greenish yellow Ford pickup from nineteen sixty nine or nineteen seventy, with a window window decal of a fishing scene. This was the year nineteen ninety one. If you're like, Hey, my grandpa had yeah. that truck. He's you know? certainly like it sounds like he's at least grandpa age now if he's still mm-hmm. here. So mm-hmm. I mean that was exactly. thirty years ago when he was already a, a seemingly a grown man. So yeah. Exactly. And if it's anywhere nearby, you know, Missouri or, um, not sorry, I mean, Kansas or any of the other surrounding states, just, you know, if you're like, I recognize that decal. Yeah. Maybe say, if, say maybe everyone go ask your grandpa and <laughs> uncle, like, what kind of car did you drive in, what kind of color truck did you drive in the 90s if you lived in the Midwest, you know? Don't mind this clipboard. I'm just taking notes for my own personal. <laughs> don't, don't mind my phone on speakerphone with the current chief of <laughs> police. Yeah, don't mind me listening to it. And that's why we drink in the background as they tell me to, to interrogate my poor grandpa. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Boy. Anyway, so it's just another tragedy. Um, and I, I am I'm always a little bit, uh, I don't know, pepped up when there when there's like a new a really recent update because yeah you know, maybe you know after the Somerton man thing and the golden mm-hmm. state killer i'm like you know anything's possible there's hope there's definitely there's hope. hope so that is the case of angela hammond wow i am mad that i i don't didn't have a theory for you i feel like usually when you say unsolved mystery i'm like prepared to try to crack the case but it's I got hard nothing. because there really wasn't anything you know it's like this guy showed up just randomly stole a girl but maybe not so randomly and we heard nothing nothing seemed to be relevant Hmm. so anyway that's that wow (laughs) wow well thanks i guess you're so welcome how is your tummy feeling um it's okay i only ate half of my chocolate because i don't want to overdo it you know (laughs) right okay You're so, starting to sound like RJ whenever he eats chocolate with his healthy belly. He's he eats like one piece of dark chocolate. He's like, I a little treat for me. <laughs> I'm stuffed. Yeah. A little baking chocolate, like 95% cocoa. It's like. Mm. He texted me knowing that I would still be awake at 4 a.m. And he was up just because and walking his dog. And I was up like. Early, not like staying up, right? Like he went no, to bed. And woke no, up. he goes to bed at like a normal hour. Okay, and- I see. And I was, and he, but he wakes up at an abnormal hour right. because he like goes swimming for fun at 5 a.m. and shit. So, um, <laughs> but he texted me uh, walking his dog and I was like, why are you, I know why I'm awake. Why are you awake? <laughs> and he was like, good, oh, just for fun. And I'm like, you're, something's wrong. <laughs> Something is, you need a brain doctor like, too, RJ. Be, 
people think I'm crazy for staying up so late, but like I'm nowhere near as crazy as you for choosing to wake up that early. I agree. Like if you can sleep, keep going. Do it. Keep doing it. I like to sleep. Sometimes I'll wake up after like a full refreshing eight hours and I'm like, I could keep going. And then I, I do. A hundred, I did that this morning because Blaze was back home from his trip and was like getting up with the baby. And I was like, I can just keep sleeping. And I did. And it was great. Yeah. <laughs> it's the best activity. I I had an excellent nap yesterday. And I <laughs> and then I checked my alarm clock. And I was like, I mean, I could turn this off and try again later. And if I want to wake up then. But I just kept going. Why not? Why would it was you? a good time. Sunday, you know? Sleep and it, it was on this couch right here. It was my it was my first nap on the couch. Aww. And damn, was it a comfy sleep. I gotta I say. kept going. You've slept on that couch, I think, at my house, too. So now you're, uh, you got one of your own. I know. Well, I, didn't even, I didn't even fold it out. I slept when it was in couch mode. In couch mode. Yeah. That's a very firm surface. I used to sleep on that, too, when Leona would nap in her room and I'd be... I'd sleep on that too. It's a it's a very firm surface. It's, it's a, a comfortable couch. A grand old time. We had yeah. a couch at the old Pasadena house that we actually brought here when we first moved here, and then we ended up selling it. And I still kind of regret it. It was the it was ugly as sin. Like it was the ugliest fucking couch I've ever seen. <laughs> but damn, the the nap factor on that thing <laughs> was incredible through like, the roof. It was over six feet long, and so oh. my whole body could lie on it without having to do anything. And Curl all the up. pillows were like firm, but like snug, and you just you just felt oh. so you felt so held and coddled. And you throw a little blanket on, game over. So well, now I'm tired. Okay, well we'll go then. <laughs> Let's okay. go do our after chat for uh, for Patreon and and complain more about being tired. Okay, and then we'll take a nap. Or I will. Okay, great. You can take care of your baby. I'll, I'll go take, a take nap. my baby out of the bathtub. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. She's probably all pruney now. <laughs> okay, and that's why we drink. Everything's changing so fast these days, and that's a great thing. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load on our desktop computer. But now there's the Xfinity 10G network. That means the fastest internet with faster speeds rolling out every day and internet that can power a house full of devices at once with ultra low lag. So while one person streams a movie from their room, another can play video games in the basement while another TikToks in the kitchen. It's the next generation 10G network only from Xfinity. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed.